0: fullback belly. Three tight ends, including Aiden. Kuhn is the fullback with the first and goal. Kuhn gets the ball. Final try. In, in for the touchdown. Back. What a great second for- What is going on? It is the Wolf of Roto Street, rotostreetjournal.com, where we breed and feed fantasy wolves here with your week 14 preview. I'm going to Fantasy playoffs, do or die, win or go home. You got to get it right. So I'm going to make sure you have everything in your toolbox to do so. That includes an injury report, everything you need to track coming into the weekend, who to have stashed in case your starters are out. Uh, then we're going to go to higher, lower, Hail Mary to show you the guys that I would sit, start, um, and stream throughout this week each position and of course the mailbag wide open answer any sit starts you have uh, so get them on in wolf pack i am here to get you ready because as it says the stakes couldn't be higher the biggest time of the year the fantasy football playoffs nothing better than this folks nothing better at all let's dive right into it vikings start off our preview of the injuries because Adam Thielen's still not practicing in Wednesday's uh, go-through with a hamstring injury. Definitely even more ominous after he sits surprisingly on Monday Night Football. You got to have your backup plan right now. Thielen plays. I'm putting him in my lineup. I'm not worried. He's facing Detroit, giving up the six most points to wide receivers. You got to have this guy... In your lineup, if he's good to go, he's been dominant with Kirk Cousins, good red zone threat, big body, uh, and, and contorts that body quite well, but ultimately a definite risk to go this week. Someone who's a little bit better uh, to, to have ready to go, Dalvin Cook, limited in practice, has said over and over again that he's ready to go. It's a pain tolerance issue, not something that can get worse, not something that can get re-injured or anything of that nature. So the guy's just going to suck it up and, and your horse is going to be ready to go. On a matchup that couldn't be juicier, third most points to running backs, Detroit has allowed uh, second most rushing yards in the league. It is just a juicy blow-up spot. Uh, If he doesn't go for whatever reason, Madison would be a top 15 play, but that seems unlikely at this point after he said time and time again, I'm ready to go. The only thing could be this Detroit Lions team so bad that maybe – they decide the Vikings to rest their horse for a week. You, Madison owners who have stashed him, get a nice gift from the gods, um, and you can ultimately get a top 15 running back play. We'll find out, we'll see. But ultimately, you gotta track those Vikings there. Also, another team injured here. The Steelers have been banged up for weeks, and that's because James Conner has only made it through two full games this entire year, a litany of injuries from ankles to knees to thighs to whatever the fuck it is. Lately, it's the shoulder, Uh, but he's back in practice, limited practice for Wednesday, and that's kind of suggesting he might be on the path to get back and going in your lineups. Uh, If so, you know. Arizona could be juicier. The 10th most points to running backs. We just saw Gurley run all over them. We just saw Goff dominate them through the air. It's a non-existent defense. You can get the ball into the end zone with ease against this Cardinals team. And James Conner would be in line for a heavy workload, as he always has been with the Steelers. He's a good receiver good runner. I'd expect probably 20 plus touches, even though he's been injured, maybe a little bit lighter just because of those injury concerns. But still, uh, you can expect him to shoulder the load if there. And if so... Top 15 running back play for the week. If not, I've got Benny Snell right now ranked as my running back 26. He's hogged 65% of the rushing workload. He's got you know 22, 18 touches across these last couple games. So the guy has been getting fed quite often. Not much of a receiver, not adding that three-down threat we've become accustomed to between Connor and Le'Veon Bell over the last couple seasons. But still, definitely being fed would be a great bet to find the end zone, a great flex option. Should James Conner sit now much more highly owned There's only 32% on coming into the week, but definitely still out there in about half of league. So check for Benny Snell if you're still in it. Somebody not going to play, though, whereas James Conner, maybe we'll, we'll track him all week. Juju Smith-Schuster, considered week to week, still unlikely to go uh, since suffering the knees and suffering the concussion, uh, too bad. Injuries in that brutal game against Cleveland and he says he can't cut up field quite yet That seems to suggest he's not going to be going this week in his absence James Washington has absolutely thrived and definitely a flex I love maybe even a little more than Betty Snell even if Connor sits uh, especially in PPR leagues that's James Washington he is the wide receiver 36 in my rankings this week but has the upside for a ton more in fact he's been the wide receiver 8 over his last four weeks 16 6.4 17.3 19.1 and half PPR settings or even more for you in PPR and gets that Cardinals defense that has just been getting dominated we just saw more Multiple Chiefs, uh, excuse me, Rams receivers dominate this team. So James Washington definitely in play. If or whether or not Juju J- Smith-Schuster sits or not doesn't really matter to me. I love watching this week. Just more upside if he's that true number one. Now moving on to the Colts. Marlon Mack returns to practice. He's been targeting that Week 14 return, and it seems like he's in line for Just has a limited practice in, but still has a definite shot to suit up after getting that practice in here. A tough matchup on the road. Tampa Bay, 31st most points, so second fewest two running backs, and very stout. Definitely a. Porous funnel in terms of you have to throw against them to move it. You can't really run the ball, so he wouldn't be Mac in a smash spot here. Hey, who knows what the type of workload would look like? Is Hines gonna remain involved on in receiving downs? Uh, Jonathan Williams seems like he's an afterthought already, even with Mac not there. Still a decent bet to find the end zone. He was the running back 13 before going down, uh, and definitely a decent bet to be a top 25 guy. In fact, be my running back 25. For the week, Tans, I'd be putting him right in the flex if he plays. So start tightening up, puckering those butt cheeks, Tans. Because uh, Marlon Mack could be coming for you. It seems like he's ready to go. And T Y Hilton calf injury. Speaking of Tans' crap team, uh, not practicing Wednesday, and actually said, "I'm unsure if I'm going to return this year." Quote: "I'm doing everything I can to get back out there. If I can, I can. If I can't, then I'm gonna have to shut it down. But I'm doing everything I can to return." Doesn't seem likely, doesn't seem promising to get him going this week. And that's too bad because the spot could not be juicier against Tampa Bay. He most points to wide receivers. Big play after big play, which would have favored T.Y. Hilton's speed, skill set, to perfection. But what that means now, Zach Pascal and Jack Doyle dominated the target share last week. 11 targets for Jack Doyle, team high, and then 10 for Pascal, pace the team with over 100 receiving yards last week. Both would be in great spots, would be lineup locks, in my opinion, should T.Y. Hilton sit. In fact, I'm 16 spots higher than the ECR on Pascal this week uh, within my top 30 wide receivers. And uh, at this point, I would absolutely lock him in. Chiefs running backs, the next injury to touch upon. And we're going to move through these injuries quick because I see some questions coming in. Keep the comments coming, guys. I'll do a mailbag in between segments here. Uh, I'll finish up the injuries real quick. Darrell Williams not practicing this Wednesday. Neither did Damian Williams, although ESPN's Adam Tyker, whatever the hell you pronounce that as, says he has a chance to play Damian Williams, whereas Darrell Williams seems almost like a lock to sit. Andrew Reid himself said it's not looking good. For the guy. All this means is, you know, LaShawn McCoy has been a top 15 running back every single time Damian Williams has sit, and now he's Darrell Williams off his back, even more upside for him. Unless Darwin Thompson, 11 carries, 44 yards in the TD last week, the preseason darling, so explosive in some of these runs, I don't care that the athleticism, no elite traits, whatever. The guy looks like a dynamo with the ball in his hands, You know, spin moves, leaping over people, just a beast to tackle despite his small stature, a ball, a little cannonball of muscle, what I like to call this guy. gets the Patriots, to be tough to truly trust this guy, but still, if you're desperate at running back, you know, if you're looking at Pat Laird or you know whoever it might be, a couple Hail Marys out there, and Darwin Thompson will be one of my favorites. It's only 12% owned and has some real upside should Damian Williams and Dar- Darrell Williams miss this week and especially beyond after that brutal spot against the Patriots. And one of the most shocking developments of the week, A.J. Green is out already against the Browns. Probably aren't going to see this guy all year. If you're so continuing to hold on to him, what the fuck are you doing? Get rid of this guy. He's not going to play this year. Just a bag of trash. See you later. Thanks for the six-round investment, AJ Green. Well worth it. On to the next one, Evan Ingram expects to play in Week 14 against the Eagles, but a tough spot for this guy, Uh, the 29th in terms of points allowed, so very limiting the Giants have been two tight ends, so generous to wide receivers in every other position, but uh, Giants have been somehow shockingly stout against that one position, Evan Ingram, Still, the type of talent that can you know overcome a tough matchup. He uh, they, don't, they haven't released their practice report because it's Monday night. You have to have a backup plan in that you know regard. Maybe Dallas Goddard is there uh, for the the Eagles. He's been picked up in most leagues though. So Caden Smith would be the next option. Um, I guess that Philly team. But hopefully, you have a better uh, plan and hopefully you have a better sense of whether or not Ingram's going to play. I still think there's a lot of optimism there. But the other risk with him though is Eli Manning. Oh, God, let's all throw up into a bag of trash right now. One of the worst quarterbacks before we got benched. And probably going to be one of the worst quarterbacks. Now he's off it. You never know. Maybe he recognizes one of his last games ever, and just goes out and balls out. I don't expect that. I think it's going to be another tough game for this ship. on that's because Daniel Jones is in a walking boot and expected to miss the game with an ankle injury. You weren't using Daniel Jones anyways. It's just more so all the surrounding pieces lose a little bit of luster here with um, Daniel Jones sidelined. Last few to rip through Greg Olson's not practicing Wednesday with a concussion. He got knocked out hard. I wouldn't be shocked if he miss. Uh, I'd be actually shocked if he plays. Expecting him to sit. In which case, you gotta have other tight end plans. Hopefully, we we'ren't over relying on Olson, anyways. I'll give you some screens later in the broadcast, though. If you were dependent on him, and then Julio Jones getting into the Falcons here. Two of their top pass catchers, and Julio Jones and Austin Hooper both limited this week so far throughout practice. Dan Quinn says Jones is trending upward. as As is Hooper. So some some optimism optimism for for some of of your beastly beastly weapons. Now, would you believe me if I told you Austin Hooper is actually averaging more fantasy points per game than Julio this year. Yep, 14.7 as compared to 13.1 for Julio. Insanity, but that's that dirt cutter scheme. Always been so tight end friendly. That means if Hooper's out there, he's in your lineup, even though Carolina's been pretty damn good against tight ends. It's more of a ground style. Uh, with the worst DVOA, almost two touchdowns per game on the ground to this team. Uh, so you can expect a lot of heavy dosage of Devonta Freeman even still though, Hooper, such a a beast Boy has been out there. Uh, the Julio, Julio Jones Mimera, will draw James Bradbury. Not a big matchup, and he's typically been locked down by Bradbury in his history. So at less than 100 and drawn Bradbury, not a best possible spot for Julio. Still very tough to bench, uh, so you have, have some great options. Let me know who you have we would be playing over Julio, and I hope that, that gives you that stamp of approval. Last couple here, actually last injury note and then to your questions before I do higher lower Hail Mary. Mary. Baker Mayfield, Mayfield is practicing in full. Got that, got that transition transition to be nice. So, so you know what? I'll get to your questions now before I cover that injury notes. Justin Vedder, start Prescott or Winston? Is Lockett a good play? Might see a lot of Ramsey. I'm nervous. I mean, I'd be very nervous about Lockett, too. In fact, I'm 10, 10 spots lower on the ECR. And then he had a complete goose egg last week. And now he gets one of the top shutdown corners. Granted, corners granted. Lockett did Lockett have the, the flu. He, was he was dealing with a shin injury. injury. And ideally, he's back to full health for this one. You can't love anyone in a lockdown matchup, though, against Jalen Ramsey. So it depends who else you have. But I, I'm nervous about him, too. He's in my wide receiver 28 this week, so not a huge fan. Between Prescott and Winston, I would have to get Prescott in there. I know the matchup for the Bears is not the easiest, but David Blau just threw two touchdowns. Uh, wide receivers have been getting up on those corners. And Winston, like, could you really, you know, maybe he throws 350 in three and you hate me but he's equally as likely to go 163 interceptions instead and just ruin your season. I've seen it happen too many times. I'm not going into my playoffs with Jameis Winston leading the charge. Give me Ryan Tannehill instead. Uh, but Dak Prescott, my QB6 in the week, I just keep rolling him out there. He's gotten you this far. You gotta stick with your guy. Your locker room will never look at you the same, Justin, if you bench him. Cam Q. Geckel. All I know is Lockett may be sitting on my bench in the playoffs. Last few weeks been rough. I agree, man. Let me know who your other options. Are uh, But yeah, 10 spots lower on the ECR would have been my lower for the, the wide receivers, although I have a couple others here. Fuck Thielen, screwed my ass, fuck Lockett too. I got to hear this, uh, Jordan, this rant you sent in. I have not yet listened. Uh, but we'll make sure to get this into the podcast if possible, and certainly we'll play it on our Sunday show. I uh, cannot wait to hear your wine line commentary. Montgomery or Hunt Standard asks a Beatty, I got to go Hunt there. Despite Standard being a little less appealing for the guy since he's more of a pass catcher than he is a running back now. When you're facing Cincy, fifth most points to running backs on the year. Definitely bleeding touchdowns to the position. I think Hunt is a fantastic bet. Whereas Montgomery, tougher matchup against Dallas, and just so boom or bust. Boston just looks gross out there. So not a not a huge fan there. Uh David, half PPR, Mitchell, Bears. Oh god, probably not playing uh Mitchell. Anthony Miller, is that who you're thinking of? I don't know who you're, you're questionable feeling. Tight end Goddard or Hollister, QB Tannehill, Winston or Brissett. we got a few to work through here. I'm definitely going to go Hollister. That's probably the easier one for me. Uh, tight end, just a focal point in this offense, especially with Lockett kind of dinged up. I know the production wasn't great last week, but the targets were there, used on screens, used on the seam, especially using the red zone in this offense as it always has been for the Seahawks, so I like Hollister a lot, even though the Rams nothing great about that matchup. Goddard's actually facing a Giants team that is fantastic, shockingly, against tight ends, so give me Hollister, the clear-cut number one, a good bet to score every week in this offense. Between the QBs, I like Tannehill the most. I Like I mentioned, I cannot start Winston. Can't trust that bag of shit in the playoffs with my hopes on the line. And then Brissette, I like the matchup against Tampa Bay, but such a low-volume passing attack right now. Uh, and Tannehill... Until last week was the QB 2 since taking over the starter. Only Lamar Jackson had more points. Gets Oakland fourth most points to QBs. I love the guy this week. And now my QB 7, uh, I'm going to put Tannehill over most quarterbacks and definitely over those two options. Now, in terms of the wide receiver question, I think you're asking Miller – Or Thielen. We do know Taylor Gabriel is out. We didn't cover that in the the injuries. My fault, I skipped over that one. Uh, So he's out for week 14. And in his absence, Miller has seen 33 targets over the last three weeks. Definitely a viable streamer, uh, especially after the 13 target, nine catch, 140 yard day. Last week, I probably might hold out for Thielen regardless. I want to know, David, who your next option is. but I, I might get him you know, I might wait it out for Thielen just because that Detroit matchup is so juicy. Cam Geckle, gonna get to you, then I'm gonna go into my higher, lower hail Marys. But guys, keep the questions in. And of course, if you're live streaming out, we only got three likes on this thing. Come on, guys. Give me a little bit of love here. Help us get discovered a little bit more. And that's especially true if you're willing to share this out to your audience or to any fantasy football groups you're involved in on Facebook. means the world so we can reach and help more people. Uh, so appreciate any of that. Appreciate those likes. I see them already going up. Thank you, folks. And keep those questions coming. I will get to all of them by the end of this broadcast, I promise. Uh, but gecko, my last question before I get to higher, lower, Hail Mary, and then it's open mailbag the rest of the night. Uh, is Hooper too risky to start if he plays? I picked up Doyle, and it's worked out so far. So almost every tight end, I would have Hooper above. Um, it is risky, but still, he's been just that good. More points per game than Julio fucking Jones this year. That that dirt-cutter offense has funneled to the tight end. So if he's out there, I'm most likely going to play him. That all being said, I think Doyle would be the option if you had him. He's my tight end four for the week, Grant because one— the targets, the snaps, everything. Season highs last week. 94% of snaps, 11 targets, 73 yards, all season highs, plus the score. And gets an even juicier matchup. Tampa Bay the second most points to tight ends. So you got to love Doyle this week, in my opinion. Uh, just a higher floor, despite not having Hooper's ceiling quite as high. Who says Doyle doesn't get multiple scores ever since Ebron got knocked out? Has been a focal point, point. and T.Y. Hilton likely out too. It's going to be the Pascal Doyle show. Great DraftKings cheap stack there. Uh, i like both those guys this week let's get in a higher lower actually jordan let's hear what you have in three from Lockett and bc oh my god that is awful dude i cannot wait to hear your rant i apologize uh that i'm celebrating in that because i'm sure it is full of some right material here oh his playoffs they're two week matches and now he's a 30 p that is fucking bad man so we're gonna need some upside jordan so let's get that lineup ready uh and make sure it is good to go for you. All righty. And now we're going to do the higher, lower Hail Mary part of the pod here. That goes back. Oh, God, I don't know why the fuck it's doing that. It's really fucking annoying. Uh, Let me know if it's still going, Cam. But Baker Mayfield, my higher quarterback, Practiced in full today, which was one of the only questions I had on this guy was his health for the week after banging up his hand. He's my QB 11 against Cincy at home. That's six spots higher than the ECR. Telling you, he is a QB 1 for me. I would have him in lineups uh, most of the time here. And prior to last week's dud against a tough Steelers front, he was the QB9 and 21.8 points, and the QB5, 23.6 over those last two before that. It seemed to really get rolling. This offense had been cooking. I expected to get back on track. He hasn't faced Cincy yet, and now it gets his first time at home, six most points to QBs. I love Mayfield this week. I think he could dominate. In terms of who I'm lower on, Kyler Murray, I'd rather have Mayfield in this week. And, you know, even my Hail Mary, who I'm going to give you in a sack, which might make you throw up. Uh, Murray against Pittsburgh, QB 19. That's nine spots below the ECR. And the reason why this D line against Pittsburgh is going to eat up Murray, in my opinion, going to eat up that pathetic offensive line. And we saw that happen last week against the Rams. He took six sacks. And this defensive front is just as good, if not better, than that of the the Los Angeles Rams. And because of that dinged up hamstring, Murray's been making miraculous plays, evading tacklers, and kind of covering for this awful offensive line. But he didn't have quite that mobility this week, and hence all those sacks that he took. I think they're going to get eaten up, up again. I think you're getting another sub-15-point day from Murray. Despite having 23 or more in three straight leading in the last week, I'm nervous about this guy. Uh, not, not a play. In my opinion, is definitely guys I'd rather have. And I might even, dare I say it, put in Ryan Fitzpatrick, my Hail Mary of the week, uh, facing the New York Jets, a revenge game narrative. He's only 17% owned. Uh, but that secondary is not good at all. Um, In fact, Fitzpatrick put up 23 points against these guys. Three first-half TDs the last time they squared off. Um, And now he's off 23 and 26-point fantasy days. Playing some inspired ball. Seems to every week, I love how they call it on part of my take, hunt out that smallest D-back and try to truck stick him. I fucking love it. Like, just did no old, So he literally put his head down and just speared a guy last week. Um, and, and a ton of his values coming from the fact that Devontae Parker, who I'm also eight spots higher on in his ECR ranking, has just been making insane grab after insane grab. It's been uh, just a ridiculous degree of difficulty, you know, where Parker has just ascended to. You lob it up, and the guy is going to be coming down with, it. and that's exactly what Fitzmagic has been doing for this guy. So I spent another three hundred yard day, another two to three touchdown day, another twenty to twenty five fantasy points, and at only seventeen percent If you are desperate at QB and Tannehill's not there, go Tannehill first, safer with similar upside. But that, despite the low floor, Fitzpatrick has been getting it done. I think he can lead your playoff charge. Plus, you get the Fitz magic going into it. Disgusting, but I like it. Uh, in terms of running backs this week, I'm higher on James White. My running back 21, that's five spots higher than the ECR. Kansas City trails only Houston right now in terms of receiving backs. Uh, 8.3 targets per game and 63.6 yards per game. We just saw what James White did against such a vulnerable uh, team, two receiving backs, eight receptions, 98 yards, two scores through the air, in addition to 79 yards on the ground. Speaking of that, Kansas City giving up the second-most yards, two running backs on the ground as well. So second-most receiving yards, second-most rushing yards, trailing the Dolphins in that stat. And I expect this to be a game flow, you know, James White style game, an explosive offense on the other side with Mahomes. They're going to have to keep pace. We saw that happen with Watson when they got down early. It became the White show. And I think something similar could be brewing this week. I'm expecting White to catch at least six to seven balls, maybe upwards of 10, in addition to, you know, 70, 80 yards and a score here this week against that pathetic Chiefs defense against running backs. Um, You know, Bill Belichick, one last quote on him. He said, the coaching is like a war. You gotta find the weakness, you gotta go on the attack and, and you know make sure you're going wherever your enemy is weak. And that's clearly where Kansas City was otherwise their corners are pretty solid. Um they're very vulnerable to pass catching running backs and just running backs in general. So I think White has a tough little field day. In terms of who I'm lower on and it's not too hard to be low on this guy, so it might not seem bold, but Ronald Jones is my running back forty-three, that means uh, he's twelve spots below the ECR and it tells me they're ranking him into the running back 31 potential flex option. If you're considering Ronald Jones at this point, I have nothing left to say to you. That's disgusting, despicable. The guy is an absolute joke. Uh, lackluster, 11.3 carries per game, got benched last week after one missed blitz. Are you kidding me? I get Aaron just said he's still our starter, but great. 3.5 yards per carry, what a bag of fucking shit. is uh, the preferred option of the goal line. And then the matchup, nothing good about this one. The Colts have been dominant against the run, especially since Leonard has returned. They've only allowed Derek Henry and Austin Eckler to top 12 points against them. Uh, and that's you know Josh Jacobs, Leonard Fournette. Uh, you know, Philip Lindsay, some decent running backs in that group, have not topped eleven points against this team. Uh, so uh, it's definitely not nearly as flexible as his rank by the ECR might suggest. I wouldn't touch him, I wouldn't touch Barber this week. A tough, tough matchup for the Bucks running backs. And you shouldn't have those guys in there anyways. But who could I put it over him? We already mentioned Darwin Thompson, 12% owned, definitely a Hail Mary with some upside, even though the Patriots are so good, the fewest points to running backs they that, going to sell to stop Mahomes. I wouldn't be shocked if they put, put light boxes here. And a guy like Darwin Thompson, you know, cannonball muscle, like I like to call him, can definitely rip through some mismatches there. I also like Patrick Laird, only 7% owned here. And now the definite start after Balaj ended up on IR with a leg injury. Uh, the guy gets the money touches here for Miami. and No touches are really money in this disgusting offense. But Fitzmagic really has stabilized it and kind of brought some decent upside to anyone involved around him because they're putting up points. Uh, and this guy, Laird, gets the touchdowns. Converted on a short yardage score last week. He also gets the receptions. 45 yards on four catches last week for over 14 fantasy points. And the Jets, nothing scary about that matchup. So if you're desperate for a touchdown and you you want a guy that could see some volume only seven percent owned Laird is disgusting but could end up panning out for owners and gets a very juicy schedule you know the Jets a little bit limiting to running backs this year but after this you know Cincy Giants definitely an easy schedule down your stretch here in terms of wide receivers and then tight ends then your questions folks Uh, I promise I'm getting there wide receivers Alshon Jeffrey versus the Giants He's my wide receiver 18 for the week. That's eight spots higher than the ECR. I was like 10 spots higher last week. That really panned out. You know, (laughs) Ridiculous 16 targets, turning in over 130 yards and a score. And I can see definitely something similar coming this week. In fact, the guy's been over 20% of the target share every single week that he's played this year other than week one and coming off of 35% of the targets last week. And gets a Giants team that's given up the second most points to wide receivers, second most yards, third most touchdowns. Uh, it's feasting time because, especially, they've been very good against tight ends, the Giants have, and just that bad against wide receivers. 35 points per game to wide receivers. And what other wide receivers here to, to really eat into Alshon Jeffrey taking up the lion's share of that? Nelson Aguilar? Shut the fuck up. No. Uh, so ultimately, I really like Alshon Jeffrey this week. He's in a great spot, in my opinion. I do not like—I also mentioned I'm eight spots higher on Parker. My wide receiver, eight. Top ten, folks. Who would have fucking thought that coming into the year? Uh, But the guy I'm lower on, Odell Beckham, Uh, at this point it's just fucking name. Why is he a top 13 wide receiver according to the experts? He's facing Cincy. He's my wide receiver, 21, despite Cincy being a a quote-unquote puke uh, defense here. Yeah, maybe he positively regresses and, and blows up here. But since he's been decent against wide receivers, you know, top uh ten in terms of lowest points allowed here. And Odell Beckham has exactly 2 touchdowns on the season. The Miami kicker has just one fewer than Odell Beckham in terms of receiving touchdowns. He's been under 100 yards in 10 of 12 games. He's been under 9 fantasy points in 7 games including less than 4 in 3 of those. Now dealing with a groin injury, your wide receiver 26 on the year. Why is he being rated up as a top 12 play? I don't understand it. The guy's been a complete bag of shit. If you own him, you don't need me to explain it. In fact, if you own him, you're probably Probably not even playing him in this week uh, because you're probably not in the playoffs. So probably wasting my breath here. But even if you are made it and you have Odell Beckham, I, I'd probably find someone else. Maybe even dare I say Zach Pascal, my Hail Mary of the week. And it looks like David uh, Mitchell Bears Pascal or, or questionable feeling. I think again, I, do you mean Miller for the Bears? Because I don't know who Mitchell is. Uh, but Pascal would be my favorite play for you, David. And here is why. Uh, the wide receiver, 26 in my rankings, at 16 spots higher than the ECR, only 21% owned, and I think he's got to be locked in the lineups this week. Tampa Bay, you, you, have, you don't need me to spell out how bad the secondary's been, but most fantasy points to wide receivers, uh, despite Pascal disappearing earlier in the season in that smash spot versus Miami, there's a little risk here, four fantasy points against them. Uh, last week, 10 season high, 10 targets, seven receptions, 109 yards. And as we said with Doyle, there's just no one else to throw to here besides Pascal, besides Doyle. I guess Paris Campbell is returning this week, but still, these two are going to be the offensive show in one of the easiest, most porous pass defenses in the league. So give me Zach Pascal all day, folks. And at tight end, before we get back to your questions, I'm higher on Kyle Rudolph against Detroit. My tight end 10, that's five spots higher than the ECR. And I don't understand it, especially because this guy is number two two in points per game, and the tight end three overall in fantasy points since week seven. He's scored five touchdowns in those six games, uh, including multi-scores there. So six total touchdowns. He scored in five of six. So yeah, this whole narrative, yeah he's touchdown dependent. Okay. He's scoring a touchdown 83% of the time. Like give me that all day. Last time against Detroit, he had 50 yards and a score and I expect something very similar, if not multiple scores for the guys. So Kyle Rudolph was also still sitting out there in like 40% of leagues my tight end 10 will be locked into my lineup for the most part this week. I'm lower on Jared Cook. He's been a beast since returning. Actually, the only guy other than Kelsey to average more points than Kyle Rudolph over those last few weeks, but, you know, and he's got 10-plus in six straight. The guy's been getting it done, but San Fran as a matchup, they're that intimidating for me. The worst matchup for tight ends, the fewest points allowed. Sure, Andrews had a touchdown on him, so it shows they could be penetrated, but almost every other touchdown... Uh, a tight end, rather, has been under four fantasy points. There's only been three guys to top four fantasy points against this defense all year. Tells you that is threatening. That's disgusting. That is tough to go against. So I am nervous here for Jared Cook. And if Everett sits, it's again Hail Mary week for Tyler Higby, only 13% owned, getting the, the match at Seattle third most points to tight ends here. And he's catching up a, a seven-catch, 107-yard TD day, 20 fantasy points. Uh, a great, yeah, I get it, Arizona. Anyone's going to do that to them. But Seattle's not all that much better, especially in terms of allowing touchdowns. So I think Higby would be a great bet to score. Now, if he plays in terms of Gerald Everett, you're going to have to look elsewhere most likely. It's tough to trust a committee here. But Jonu Smith, only 14% owned, facing Oakland. The sixth most points, of tight ends. He has done literally nothing since smashing Tampa Bay for 16.8 uh, points. But Oakland is, the uh, again, a blow-up spot for tight ends. I, I think Jonu Smith could get it done this week if you're desperate, only 14% owned. That's it for Hail Marys, higher and lower. Let's get to your questions. Let me know everything you have, and I will answer them the best I can. Uh, So, David, as I told you, I like Pascal the most. Miller has 33 targets, probably the highest floor here despite the tough matchup. But uh, give me Pascal unless Thielen is 100% ready to go. No risk of re-injury, but that doesn't seem the case. I really like Pascal's blow-up spot here, which is kind of insane. Godwin, Edelman, Lockett, Crowder, Fuller, OBJs, contemplating sitting Lockett, starting Edelman and Godwin for sure. So, yeah, you got those two locked in, no doubt about it. Um, what, a, what a receiving core here to be honest I, I know Crowder's really sucked but he gets that that Miami smash spot the worst slot corner in the league he dominated in the last time out for over 18 points I think I go back to Crowder here and I sit OBJ and maybe OBJ if you didn't want to put Crowder back in but yeah Lockett would be on my bench considering those amazing options that you have there Cam um, Justin Vedder options besides Lockett are if starting Mac. Hooper, James Washington, Snell. That's tricky. I'd probably toss in Hooper, to be honest, into that flex, maybe James Washington again, the wide receiver eight over these last four weeks. Um, but mm, that, that's tricky. I, I don't really trust Mac. A tough blow ups. You know, tough spot against Tampa Bay. One of the hardest run defenses there. So, oh man. That's that's tough. I would probably bench Lockett still though with Ramsey. Just a tough matchup. Uh, give me give me Hooper if he plays, and if Connor sits, then give me uh it, if not give me James Washington, and if Connor sits, give me Snell instead. Uh, but Hooper would be my favorite play if he's fully ready to go.
1: Come on guys, more questions for
0: the mailbag. Uh, we got to be fair. I traded Eckler for OBJ and Madison. Oh boy, uh, the running back four. In terms of points this uh, this year, Austin Eckler has been just insane. A couple quick mailbags from Twitter that I opened it up to. We got Pascal or A.J. Brown in a non-PPR. I'm going to go Pascal there, as I mentioned, my Hail Mary of the Week. I don't hate A.J. Brown's spot. Uh, Oakland has been blow-up for wide receivers, too, but not quite the level of patheticness that we've seen <laughs> From uh, Tampa Bay here. We also got struggling at running back for Denver Levens. I have Snell, McCoy, Mostert. Are these guys people I can trust? A RB in a PPR league. There are guys like Royce Freeman, AP, Jalen Samuels, Hines, Gaskin, and McKissick in the free agent pool. Oh God, that's hideous. Uh, I I would be going McCoy uh, and Snell as my favorites. And Mostert, you know, blew up last week. I'm nervous about that three headed nightmare. If uh, if Breed is there and everyone's active, but the guy was gliding last week all over a tough Baltimore defense, so you never know with the shenanigans what's going to happen there, but maybe he chooses to ride out motion the rest of the year. He certainly rode him over Coleman this last game. If that continues, you got yourself an insane amount of upside. I'm hoping Minshew gets Chark back on track. I still believe he has the upside over my other flex choices, Crowder, Gallup, or Miller. I'm leaning Crowder there. I love the upside against that pathetic uh, defense, uh, especially that slot corner Uh, right there. We also got A.J. Brown, Cobb, Slayton, or Snell. If Connor sits, I like Snell. If not, I don't trust Slayton with Eli. No real rapport there. Uh, So give me A.J. Brown against Oakland. What other questions do we have? Any on Facebook? we got a few more coming in here. Uh, Let's get to those. Uh, David, I have Jets defense, Chargers, Colts, Falcons, Bucks, Cardinals, Oakland, and free agency to pick up. I think I just ride out the Jets despite liking Miami and knowing they can get, uh, you know, at any point, Ryan Fitzpatrick could throw a pick six, fumble it. Could be a multi-touchdown uh, day. For defense, I don't trust any of these other options. Maybe the Colts are the, the second closest for me against Tampa Bay. Uh, the Bucs had a big day, but uh, you know protects the ball pretty well. So if you didn't want to go Jets, if you're nervous of the the surging Dolphins, then I would go uh, with the Colts there. But otherwise, uh, I'm just gonna roll the Jets. I have them higher uh, personally. Which Kansas City running back would you trust the rest of the playoffs? It's gotta be McCoy Daniel. Uh, even though they have somebody want to limit his touches, right now he's the only one that's truly established. But I would love to stash Darwin Thompson, see what he does against his Patriots, see how involved he is, because he's the one I think is truly the most explosive, and I would not be shocked if he ends up, you know, bursting through a few huge holes against the Patriots and then earning himself a monster workload for two weeks so I'd stash him see how he does and if you're desperate you can even play him but for right now I trust McCoy the most just because of his familiarity if Cook says do I play Madison or Montgomery definitely for me Madison there the Detroit matchup is so juicy the only shitty part there is Montgomery's playing Thursday night cam so if you've got to lock him in you're probably going to have to lock him in it seems like Cook is trending towards playing so my guess is he's going to to be in your lineup there. Alrighty folks, thanks so much for tuning in as all well, the questions we got. Uh, you know, if you got any more questions, you can find me at Rotor Street Wolf. You can DM us here on Facebook at Street Journal, um, And you find us at roadstreetjournal.com. We breed and feed fancy wolves it's the fancy fullback dive podcast. We paved your path to 2019 titles. Thanks so much for coming down tuning in. I will be live again at least on Sunday. If not, maybe even tomorrow we're going to do our DFS show, me and Jimbo, and maybe try to get a little pregame in for Thursday night to just get those lines ready, do or die time. We'll pack, get it good, get it done, and week 14. I'm out. We used to have it all. Now's our curtain call, so hold for the applause, oh, 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 and wave out to the crowd, and take our final bow, oh, it's our time to go, but at least we stole the show, 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 at least we stole the show. Stole the show. Straight ahead, Deadly. second up. Down. Oh. that's pretty awesome old. that's old-fashioned football right there folks